to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Well, welcome back to Momnificent today. I am super excited. I have a guest on here for the second time. Why? Because she's that amazing. Dr. Noreen Russell, if you didn't catch it the first time around, go back and scroll through recent podcast episodes, scroll through the YouTube channel videos, find her picture. She is incredible, valuable. I wish I had her in my pocket and I kind of do in these videos. So I listen to her often and share her work with my teachers, with my parents, with my audience, with you guys. So Dr. Russell's passion is providing support to frustrated students and weary parents. Her work is fueled by her own experience of raising two complex children who are both neurologically atypical with autism, mood disorders, ADHD, giftedness, and learning disabilities. Dr. Russell knows the firsthand exhaustion parents that you face day in and day out when you feel like nobody understands and nobody really sees it. She seeks out solutions she has for her out-of-the-box child, and she's ready to share it with you for your child. Dr. Russell is dedicated to walking beside families and you and helping you turn your chaos into calm. Dr. Russell, welcome back to Momnificent. I am so, so excited to be here, Dr. J. Thank you. You are so welcome. Um, like I said, on the pre-call, when I saw your email, I'm like, yes, I can't wait to talk to her. Like, you're just one of my personal favorites. Um, so where are you enjoying Momnificent from today for anyone listening who might not know you yet? Sure. I'm in my office in Tampa, Florida, and um, we are in what I call the winter months where you hibernate inside because it will be close to 100 degrees and it's way too hot to do anything now. So we're in winter season in Tampa, Florida. All right. When you drive home today, can you just look at the palm tree and just think of me and send me that? Because I, you, I probably told you on the last podcast how much I love palm trees. And I'm going to live one day for the rest of my life around palm trees. <laughs> I'm going to get there. Let's switch. So, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I love that. Okay. What's one thing you've done recently that you haven't done for a while that brings you joy? Oh, my goodness. So... You know what has been great about the last month is um, I have just had the opportunity to meet all kinds of new people, and I have met some really hysterically funny people, and I have come to really reappreciate the power of laughter in our just psychological well-being and joy in the day. And so I know that sounds like a small thing, but you know me, I appreciate the small things in life. And so, um, you know, some of the people I've met recently just literally have me laughing out loud. And it's just great after a long, serious year of lots of things going on. And I think all of us still being tired from pandemic and COVID resurgences and whatever is happening with our kids and school and families. And so um, it's a small thing, but honestly, people who have a great sense of humor are my greatest blessing recently. I love that. And I remember reading once where like kids laugh like some like 300 times a day and the average adult laughs like 
three, 10, maybe 11 times. And I was like, that's so true. And wait, that is so wrong. And so, so when, when I, when I remember to think of like adding fun into what I'm doing, my gosh, it just, it just lightens it up. And, um, you're right. Can't take life so seriously. We got to like laugh and, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I love that. Keep that up and we'll, we'll, we'll remember that today. So what have you been up to over the past year? I got a sneak peek that you just published a book. How did that happen? How did that start? How did that come about? And what was that like time frame for? Yeah, so it's totally, completely amazing to me still. On the day the book came out, um, we have a book team at, at my practice. We call ourselves the book team. And Dr. J, you would have just cracked up at us because all day long, we just kept writing in the WhatsApp chat, we wrote a book. And the next person would say, we wrote a book. And then the next person would say, not only did we write a book, we published a book. And then the next person would be like, we wrote a book, like just in total awe of how remote collaboration can come together, how doing what you love really is so energizing that great ideas come out of that, right? So I have been a coach for kids for 14 years. Before that, you know, I worked in the nonprofit world. And before that, I was a college professor. So I've had three different career lives. And I really have never felt called to write a book. I didn't feel like I had anything to say. I was a practitioner. I could take what I knew. And I was a voracious reader of anything and everything related to child development, and I could apply it. And then years and years of doing this work with kids who are atypical, almost, you know, every kid at our practice has some diagnosis. And I think where I saw parents struggling so much was with ADHD. And so the idea just started percolating because week after week in intake after intake and parent consultation after parent consultation, I was answering the same questions. And not only that, I was telling parents, these are the questions that you have to take to your team. And so I think the idea started percolating about a year ago. And um, I did a, um, like a workshop seminar in the fall on questions to ask your professional team. And then I was like, you know what? We can do this. We can do this. And I found um, the right co-author, Heidi Condry, who is simply amazing. And so we started in earnest writing in January. We had our list of questions. We kept collecting questions. We posted on every Facebook group that we know of what questions do you wish you would have asked about ADHD? And we just kept at it, you know, doing that ground level research on what do you wish you had asked before your kid was diagnosed, during the diagnosis process, and then afterward. And then we self-published on Kindle because who has time to look for a publisher? Like, I just want to get the book out. And um, we hit submit and on the Kindle version, Four hours later, Dr. J, we were published. And then um, the actual paper book, um, I think we had to go through a couple reiterations. We were not expert publishers on the Kindle format, but it was a week after the Kindle version that you could order the paper version. So here it is, and um, it's on Amazon. So that's a little bit about our process, really just driven and, and you'll understand this and parents of kids with ADHD will understand this 
driven by the desire to clarify things and make things easier. This is a from the heart book that's designed to be helpful. And for those listening, tell us the title again. The title is Asking the Right Questions About ADHD Before, During, and After Your Child's Diagnosis. Mm, And if you just type in Asking the Right Questions About ADHD, we come come up. On Amazon, they can purchase it. And on Kindle, it's still there, right? They can read it on Kindle too. So what parents, um, what, what, what's the takeaway for parents in this book? Why is it a must read for parents today? You know, I've been thinking so much about how to prepare for this interview and how do we explain this? And this is what I think is that when your child has cancer, you go to the oncologist, right? The oncologist maps out the treatment plan. If your child breaks their arm, during a baseball game, right? You know that you're gonna need an orthopedist and the orthopedist tells you, we're gonna take x-rays and then we're gonna cast it or we're not gonna cast it. And this is how much physical therapy is gonna be needed. In my experience, my own experience as a mom and in the last, I would say I started doing ADHD specific coaching maybe 10 years ago. In my experience at my practice, ADHD is a funny thing. Parents are told there are lots of options, but there's very little education about what to do. And that's the gap, I think, between something like ADHD and some of the physical disorders or diseases that we have. And so I think what I've seen in my practice is that parents are left feeling a little bit like, I don't know. Am I supposed to do something? Is there a right thing to do? Is there a best treatment? It's sort of like, well, you could have them evaluated. Well, you could have, you know, a consultation about medication. You could talk to school about a plan. But what I think most parents are not told, and I think this is the message of the day, Dr. J, you as the parent, need to be the one in charge of learning about ADHD and advocating for your child. There is no one out there, no one at school, no one in a professional medical or mental health clinic who's going to say to you, this is exactly what you should do and these are the steps and follow this. And that understanding that you as the parent need to learn and be your child's advocate, that no one else is in charge is my bottom line takeaway from today. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. But why why do you think there isn't a plan that works for all, like when you break your arm and you have cancer and you X, Y, and Z? Why do you think it's, there, there isn't that? Hey there, it's Karin. I hope that you're enjoying the show. And by the way, if you're a mom who wants to learn how to help your child when they're struggling behaviorally or facing challenges in school, get started today by getting my free short video course, Three Steps to Happy Healthy Kids at www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in learning how to have a happy, healthy life with your kids. 
So head on over to www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video and grab your free gift today. You know what I think, and I don't know, I haven't done the research, but this is what I think because the diagnosis or, or the label of this is a learning disorder can come from so many places, right? You can go through a school evaluation and be found eligible for services. So while that's not a medical diagnosis, you can get, you know, qualified as having a disorder through the school community. You can see a neurologist, right? You can see a licensed psychologist. You can see a child psychiatrist. You can see your pediatrician. And so we have right there five different disciplines. And only the American Academy of Pediatrics has a white paper on best practices. And so it's like you have five different people, at least, that you can go to to get the diagnosis. And everyone, of course, is operating from within their professional schema. And so imagine if, right, my my son plays baseball. I mean, he plays like on a softball league with Buddy Baseball, which is a wonderful organization. If he broke a bone there, I wouldn't have to stop and think, okay, where do I go? What do I do, right? We'd go to the emergency room, they'd call for an ortho consult and ortho would take over from there. But if I have a kid who it looks like they're not paying attention, I have to filter through all of the inaccurate messages that are still out there in our culture. He's not trying hard. He's not motivated. He doesn't care. He's lazy. And then I have to figure out where to go to because there's not an ADHD doctor. So that's sort of my working hypothesis is that there's so many different disciplines that are involved that can be involved in the diagnosis and treatment of ADHD that as a parent, you know, you, you can ask around on your block and somebody will be like, I went to so-and-so they're a neurologist. I went to so-and-so and and got a complete psychoed eval and you kind of can get a little paralyzed. Yeah, because uh, that makes sense. I appreciate you sharing it like that because, yeah, now I'm now I'm thinking like, well, if you went to the counselor, they're going to say one thing. If you went to the psych, psych psychologist, they're going to say if you if you go to the psychiatrist, you might walk away with a pill. If you go to a natural path person, they might say change the color of food you're eating and your diet, right? So yeah, I think I think that, but that makes it so hard for parents. And I can just imagine a parent listening and going, okay, I work full time. I have two and three kids. I have a dog. We try to, I'm just trying to make ends meet. I, I'm exhausted when I get home. And, and then my, my teacher's like, my kid, your kid needs to read. And it's like, crap, I got to figure out how to fit that in. And now you're saying I have to take control of this and own it and learn it. Like, who the hey has time to do all this stuff? Like in theory, it sounds so good and right, but maybe that's where you wrote this book to make it easier for parents as a handbook. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, look at how thin this book is, right? That's good. Nice, thin book. We need thin, on the go. Give it to me. I got five minutes. I love this podcast. You're telling us like, what's one takeaway or a step in the direction? Stick me in something right now. Right. This is like the list of questions you need, right? There's no extra in here. There's no stories. There's no anecdotes. There's no narratives. There's there's no editorializing. It is literally a book of questions, five questions to ask before your child is diagnosed. So when you're in that stage of like, okay, we have gotten the fifth note this week from school or yep, we've stopped getting invited to the birthday parties or 
oh yeah, my kid cries every time we talk about homework and it feels like he can't sit still to do his third grade worksheets. You know, when you're in that pre-diagnosis contemplation stage, I can't even tell you one, 10, I think there's about 15 for when you're going through the diagnosis process. Can you give us one of those? Tell us one. For sure. You want me to start with before the diagnosis? Yeah, yeah, give us one for an example. Just someone listening is like, okay, tell me more after that. Maybe it'll pique our interest. All right, so here is one for before the diagnosis. Should I wait or should I get an evaluation, okay? That's what a lot of parents think about, right? Like maybe they'll grow out of it. Maybe it's just this teacher. Maybe it's the pressure of third grade because across the country, third grade is kind of that, you know, one up level. And so here it is right here in the book, two pages. Of course, many parents delay getting an evaluation. What does the American Academy of Pediatrics say is best practices based on science and research that if there is a concern Anybody who is around that child, teacher, counselor, pediatrician, parent, you know, whoever it is, should say we should get an evaluation. You should get the question answered. Same way, right? If we're not sure that kid can see, we don't wait, right? We go and we get the eye exam. Can you see the letter E, right? We don't really care at this point if the child has ADHD or they don't have ADHD but we need an answer to the question that we're mulling over in our mind. Is this a problem with the brain regulating attention or is there something else going on? And so that's one of the questions for before the diagnosis, should I wait or should I get an evaluation? And so what's in our answer is a summary of what does the American Academy of Pediatrics say? And then every single question in the book has a research-based citation. And so you can go and read about what we've summarized for you. And so you can kind of understand for yourself, what is the science that's backing up our statement that if you're concerned, you should get an evaluation. And what I'm hearing and I love about this book is you got questions from parents right now, this year, who are struggling and facing. So when parents pick up the book, they're gonna read a question and be like, wait, that's exactly what I was thinking. Or, oh, I'm so glad she said that. I wouldn't even have thought to ask that question, right? And that's what you're saying with the before, during, and after diagnosis, here's questions. Whether And some, some people might be before it, some people might be in the middle of it, picking up this book, and some might be like, okay, my kid just got diagnosed, what do I do now? And she's got like, after the diagnosis, questions and help and research and resources. That's in a thin book, I like the thin part. It's thin, yep. And you know, we asked, in every single Facebook group that we could find, right? Whether, you know, it was parents of teenagers with ADHD, whether it was a learning differences group, whether it was a challenging children group or a twice exceptional group. And from the moment the idea started, I kept a digital list of every question that parents were asking me during intakes and consultations. So. We tried really hard, although I'm sure in the second edition, we're going to have more questions, which I'm excited about, but um, no plans for that yet. But we tried really hard to cover all the basis of what are those questions that parents have or that, uh, quite honestly, that they only realize in retrospect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you go to write your second book eventually, can you let me know so I can throw your questions in my Facebook group? 
Of course, yeah. <laughs> I'm of like, course. she didn't give me questions about my Facebook group. That's all right. We're coming up for round two. We'll be there. Um, so I, I know our, our time, you know, I try to keep these interviews short since people will just listen to them on the go, which I just love. And they just get something helpful and, and that helps them today. And, and that's what keeps them going. But I, and I don't want to like throw a wrench into it. But here, what do you think of where we've got kids in school who, you know, the teacher's telling the parent, like, they can't focus, they can't sit still, they can't work, they're complete. I constantly have to redirect them, and, and they're so distracted. And, and then, but then at what point, or maybe that's, that's, that's the difficulty of this, this ADHD world, because now they're saying some of that actually trauma looks like ADHD. Now some of it looks like, like you were saying, some of it actually could be that your kid's gifted, and yet the way they're displaying it, we feel like it's impacting their education. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, my kid might almost didn't make it to the next grade. So there's, to me, there's so many nuances coming, like all coming together here. What are your thoughts on that? Well, again, this is what I love. And this is, I think my second takeaway for the day. There are actual recommendations from the American Academy of Pediatrics on the identification, diagnosis, treatment and follow-up of ADHD. And, and the American Academy of Pediatrics is very clear. If there's a concern, a complete evaluation must be done to rule out other things, right? So just as if your child has a stomach ache, okay? There's a nice ambiguous, you know, symptom, right? Oh, I have a stomach ache, okay. So you let it go for like, unless they're, you know, a baby, you know, let's say they're six or seven. We let it go for a day or so. Is this tummy, you know, still hurting? Okay, is it constipation? You know, is there a fever? We look at the complete picture of symptoms with the tummy ache. And then at some point we might, you know, call the pediatrician and say, Lila's had a stomach ache for three days. There's no fever, there's no rash what should we do? And the pediatrician might say, bring her in, let me look at her. The pediatrician might say, let's go get an x-ray, right? And they're doing what the medical community would call differential diagnosis, right? Well, that same process is exactly what every child for whom an adult is concerned about the possibility of ADHD should happen. Is it actually a sleep disorder, right? Is it a learning disorder? Is it autism? And so anxiety, that's another thing that some of it is like, wait a second, what if this kid is just anxious and it's presenting as right, other things? right. And we, in this culture, in our American culture, somehow sort of think, I've heard this so many times, well, if you go in for an ADHD evaluation, you always come out with an ADHD diagnosis. Well, first of all, if you suspect that a child, and suspect is the wrong word, if you're wondering if your child has ADHD and you go in and they do a complete evaluation. Yeah. Well, you went there because something was going on. So it's not entirely unexpected that you might end up with an ADHD diagnosis, but every single discipline will rule out different things. You go to a neurologist, they're going to take a look at what other things might be happening in the brain. You go to a psychiatrist, they're going to look at other, you know, mental health issues. You go to a licensed psychologist, they're going to do a complete psychoeducational evaluation and take a look at learning disabilities. And so every different profession, again, coming back to kind of where we started earlier, is going to rule out 
certain things, which is why it's so important for parents to be educated about what does need to get ruled out so that we know that the ADHD diagnosis is valid, which if you go to any of these professionals, you will end up with a good evaluation. You will. Is it missed sometimes? Sure. But I think ADHD is missed more often than it's overdiagnosed. And then the second thing is, I don't know if you know this, Dr. J, but somewhere between 60 to 65% of kids who have ADHD have something else along with that, the kinds of things you're talking about, anxiety, autism, learning differences, trauma. OCD. Oh, right. Or gifted or gifted. Yes. We, yeah, some kids, yeah, have have behavior conduct disorders and they're like geniuses, but yet it hid behind, they didn't do their work and they were avoided. I mean, that's down a little rabbit hole, but yes, I hear what you're saying. And so those are the kinds of questions. If you go to the neurologist and the neurologist does, you know, all of the brain stuff to make sure, you know, we don't have a brain disorder or a brain tumor or a sleep disorder. Well, then you have to say to the neurologist, and this is, this is part of what we have in the book, could this be a learning disorder? Could this be anxiety? Because that person is, of course, going to be in their lane as, as a trained professional. And so as a parent, it's only you who can see all the parts of the elephant. Remember that old fable about like everyone was touch one part of the elephant and somebody would, you know, be touching the ear and somebody would be touching the trunk and somebody would be touching a foot. And you'd end up with like all these different um descriptions of what the elephant was like because everyone was blindfolded and that's a little bit I think what ADHD is like you'll hear one thing from a teacher you'll hear another thing from a psychologist you'll hear another thing from the parent down the block and and that's why education and taking that in your own hands is so vitally important Mm, this is so awesome I cannot wait Thank you for writing this book because now I can share it with parents who are at the different stages of this. I've even joined Facebook groups where parents with kids with ADHD, I mean, it breaks my heart what families are going through with their kids displaying and 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 then when they're, sometimes they're on a medication and, and it's having them act certain ways and, and my heart just goes out to these families and you have created a resource that I think can really help and I'm so excited to have the opportunity to use this platform to share and spread the word and I know you have the heart like I do that kids Kids do well if they can. They really do, and they really want to. And they're, if they're not, it's up to us to find out why. And you're giving us this resource and this opportunity. And um, if anybody has a question, please shoot it my way so we can get an answer for you and help you. I love you're here to serve and to help. And it just, gosh, it just brings a smile to my face. I just love you. You're the best. So how can someone find and follow you? Oh, Dr. J, thank you so much. That's that's just so kind. Yep, we, you and I, wear two peas in a pod. It's really all about helping kids and their families because you know who else does as well as they can do? Parents. Parents do the best they can do. I absolutely believe that. They're doing the best they can. They're doing the best they know how. And if they, can we all learn and grow more? Yes, and you've created this resource to help them with that step. So our website um, for the practice is Russell Coaching, two S's, two L's, russellcoaching.com. And all of our contact information is there and the link to purchase the book is there, but you can go directly to Amazon and type in the, you know, search bar asking the right questions about ADHD, or you can type in my name, Noreen Russell, and the book will pop up. And we are happy to help you, you know, in any way right now at our practice, 
we are starting to register kids for fall coaching. And so I do, um, whenever I come on a podcast, I'd like to be able to offer your listeners something. So if people are listening, if they're interested in ADHD coaching at our practice, we are offering 10% off to your listeners for their first three months of coaching. And we are registering for fall coaching right now, because even though it's not the 4th of July, you know, these Southern schools, we start back in, in August sometimes. So the schedule is absolutely crazy. So if you are someone who likes to call, we're at 212-716-1161, but russellcoaching.com is where you can find all of our information and go to Amazon. The book is there. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Russell. It was so good to see you again. So great to be here. Thank you, Dr. J. I appreciate you. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry, be happy.